0: We got to the back and they were like, did you realize there was an earthquake? And we were just so high on adrenaline. We were just like, what are you talking about? No.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. WrestleMania is on the horizon. The card beginning to shape up quite nicely. Got a lot to react to coming off of fast lane. What a night that was. Big time raw. And we're taking ATB to the moon with a very special interview with NXT's Cameron Grimes. Trust me, you do not want to miss that. Please welcome my co-host, who has finally dried off a bit. He is the voice of NXT on Wednesday nights, Mr. Vic Joseph.
2: Well, I have dried off a little bit. Thank you very much. And when it comes to Cameron Grimes, we thought we knew the man. We had no clue. I can't yeah. wait for this interview to come out.
1: It up. truly is revealing. It truly is eye-opening. And that was a fascinating attempt by you to try to gloss over the fact that the last time I heard from you, Vic, you were sending me photos of uh, what apparently
2: was a flood, a full-blown tsunami in your uh, home. Well, in my home, I hear Mackenzie wake up. There's water. There's water. There's water. Out of a, Out of a sleep, a dead sleep. I come into a bathroom filled with water. And all of a sudden, a nice little spritz of toilet water splashes me in my face, directly in my eye, and I'm soaked. Soaked. How? how, Wait. wait, We were taking trash cans, doing this, scooping the water, dumping it into the sink and into the tub to try to get the water out of the bathroom. It was coming in so fast. Was it coming out of the toilet? Was it coming out of the wall? It was coming out of the pipe in the back. had a rip in it, like the little uh, tubing. There yeah. was a rip in the pipe, and it was shooting, hitting the ceiling. She's like, "I got to turn the lights off, so it doesn't. The house doesn't catch on fire." So she turned the lights off as the toilet water is hitting me in the face. Nine thirty in the morning, in my jammies, covered in toilet water. As I'm, you turn the lights on, I can't see what I'm doing. It was not a very good situation. And okay, let's
1: not gloss over the fact that a you use the word jammies. I was wearing jammies. And b. Wait, wait, back to A. You're a grown man. Who says jammies, Vic? Who says tickle? I was tickled. I was tickled by the Cameron Grimes interview on multiple occasions. Well, I'm sure he has a very lavish pair of jammies. It sounds to me like this is a job for one man and one man only, that being T.L. Hopper. But enough about your bathroom exploits, Vic. Let's talk about Fastlane. I was there. I was in person. I got to call most of the action. What were your initial thoughts coming off of the final stop on the road to WrestleMania?
2: Well, when it comes to it is the final stop, so I'm more amped up. And you know, great action, great matches. The main event captured my imagination as we head into WrestleMania. It had all the players, all the chess pieces, so to speak. And I I, I think there's that old analogy. You, you go off of what you last remembered, and I last remember seeing Edge, unlike we've seen Edge since his return, upset, angry, walking out. Um, it was a nice wrap-up to that final stop on the road to Raymond James Stadium. Well, let's talk about that main event at Fastlane. Daniel Bryan,
1: Roman Reigns, Edge as the special ringside enforcer. I can't say enough about this matchup. I got back to the hotel after the show, opened the Twitter machine, just searched the hashtag Fastlane, and it seemed like a great deal of the WWE universe agreed with my sentiment. We know, we have known, it should never come as a surprise how damn Good. Daniel Bryan is in the ring yet. For some reason we allow ourselves to forget because Daniel's not necessarily the focus. He's not necessarily the guy that we're, we're putting front and center on everything. So here's Brian's moment with the dude Roman reigns and they tore the freaking house down.
2: It was awesome. It was. And I, I think two to that degree graves, I don't, and I agree with what you're saying about Daniel Bryan, I don't know if Roman Reigns gets enough love for what he can do in that squared circle by the members of the WWE universe. And even us sometimes he draws something out of you as, as a viewer. So it was magic. That's why I say about the chess pieces, you had two Kings in that ring and then you sprinkle edge on the outside with Paul Heyman and the list goes on to me when I was watching that, uh, there were moments again where I thought, uh oh, here it is. And I would see, listen to you and Cole and I would see what's going on on the screen. And I got lost in that 30, 35 minutes. I mean, it was quite long, too, to, yep. to hold my imagination. But
1: it takes two
2: to tango when you're going to create true, memorable magic. That's
1: exactly what Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan did. But now it's set Roman versus Edge at WrestleMania. I have no complaints. This is a marquee matchup, man. This is a main event any night of the year. We're going to get it at WrestleMania Hall of Famer versus the current head of the table. Um, I don't even want to speculate because we have a few weeks leading up to it. Let's just say I am really excited. This feels like a main event befitting the magnitude of WrestleMania.
2: And dude, WrestleMania, for me watching it, the one thing I am bummed about, and this goes back to a few weeks ago, I was hoping Daniel Bryan would somehow, some way walk away with the title to face Edge at WrestleMania. So now I'm hoping that Edge can put the title back around his waist, the story that that is in itself. And then we could have Edge and Daniel Bryan throughout the summer and all these other matches and all these other moments that Edge can create. So I, I, I'm already looking forward to what could happen down the line past WrestleMania. And that's what excites me.
1: It is It is fun to think of the hypotheticals to a fantasy book, as it were. But alas, we definitely have a hard-hitting main event for WrestleMania. I believe at this point it has been announced it will be on night two, the second night of the two-night WrestleMania in Tampa Bay. I cannot wait. Uh, coming off of Monday Night Raw last night, a little bit more of the picture has come into focus. We now know we're going to have a newly-returned burned-up Fiend versus Randy Orton on the Showcase of the Immortals. What was your initial reaction to the new Fiend?
2: You might laugh at me, but as, as that match between Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss was going on, and you saw the different things and the, the smoke and mirrors of, of the match, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. It took me back to Papa Shango, and it took me back to the theatrics of what we do, the E part of WWE and when he and the fiend rose from the ring I was getting flashbacks I always thought it was so cool when Kane would reach his hand up you know or the Undertaker grabbed Diesel back in the day when Diesel's taking on Bret Hart I think in a, in a steel cage and Undertaker pull I love that stuff so when I saw the fiend rise up and now you have this new character an extra crispy or whatever you want to you know phrase it as I thought it was great Extra crispy. I I don't know what what people are saying. I thought it was awesome. I, I actually am very excited for that matchup to see how this all comes together at WrestleMania. It has
1: been a nice, long, winding road to WrestleMania for Orton and The Fiend. And I have no doubt. I mean, you're dealing with two of the biggest stars in WWE. I have no doubt. They'll deliver on the grandest stage of them all. Somebody that has got the internet ablaze. Monday Night Raw made her debut in a big, big way. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, we've known, we've seen last year at WrestleMania, she defended her NXT women's title against Charlotte Flair. But now Rhea, member of the Raw roster, wastes no time going right to Asuka, who is the queen of the mountain. Now let me back up. I, I got off my uh, thought train here for a moment. But we talked a few weeks ago about Asuka. And yeah. how I miss the machine, the, the killer that is Asuka. The, the one ass that- kicker that is yes. Asuka. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's because you and I threw something out into the collective universe,
2: uh, but it looks like we're getting a little bit more of that Asuka as we march toward Mania. You're seeing that different side of what you brought up, and now you're meshing that with Rhea Ripley. From And right. I know you're a huge fan of Rhea Ripley. I've had the, the, the pleasure of calling Rhea Ripley's entire career when going back to NXT UK. And 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 hopefully we can have her on the show at some point to really talk to her about her growth as a uh, as a character and as a person. But for this stage, for you to talk about Asuka that way, man, she's got to be that ass kicker. She can't right. be this jumping around, yeah, dancing not, not around. The Oscar I mean, we've seen for the past several months. We need way. that NXT Asuka, and if the right. NXT Asuka is taking on Rhea Ripley, I mean that's sprinkle the magic. Everywhere. How much? How much fun is that though? Think about the significance, and and this unfortunately
1: may get lost amongst some fans or, or people who aren't as familiar with Rhea and what she has. This is almost a a generational clash of NXT Women's Champions. You had Asuka who was undefeated; she literally was the most dominant force in the women's division on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. Since she's come to Monday Night Raw, obviously, Asuka has evolved. Rhea Ripley has been the face of the NXT Women's Division for the majority of the past several years. If she hasn't been the face she has been in the mix. Obviously, Io Shirai is, is at the top of that mountain. But Rhea really, uh, when she knocked off Shayna Baszler, I mean, Rhea all the way up to Mania last year. This is two women who took the NXT Women's Division on their backs which is what got them to Monday Night Raw. And now they're going to collide on the grandest stage of them all. I think that's a pretty significant matchup.
2: But the the thing that intrigues me, they did it different ways. You you, you were around for the Asuka era and the Asuka run. Rhea Ripley had to really start in the May young. And if it wasn't for an injury, she may have not gotten that next step you know just truth be told for well, Rhea Ripley
1: it, sure but but what i'm saying is no two people's paths are alike in this business and speaking of interesting paths and we talked to Cameron Grimes earlier his path to get to WWE doesn't look like Rhea Ripley's path doesn't look like Oscar's path it doesn't look like Randy Orton's path it, everybody has their own journey to get where they're at it's the destination that counts and Oscar and Rhea both find themselves
2: at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, it, it that's as big as it gets. And there's two great women's matches on that night. And I want to throw this little historical fact to you. Two great women's matches that weekend. Yeah, that weekend. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for the correction. If Rhea Ripley defeats Asuka, she'll be the first woman ever. And I think maybe even the first superstar ever to hold titles on NXT UK, NXT and Raw or SmackDown. She'd be the first one ever to do it. I mean, that's that to me is cool because of the brand history I have with NXT and NXT UK. I am very much looking forward to that match. That's at the top of my list, man. I, I'm just be truthful. Oscar, Rhea Ripley is at the top of my list for WrestleMania matches that I'm sitting there going, that's what I'm gonna be glued to. That's well, just I me love, being honest.
1: I love how WrestleMania is beginning to take shape. Obviously still some holes to be filled in. Some more matches will definitely be announced in the coming weeks. But I like what I've seen thus far. It feels big. WrestleMania is back in business. We're going to do it in front of the WWE universe like only we know how. It is going to be amazing. It is going to live up to the billing of the greatest spectacle in live entertainment. I have no doubt about that. We've still got a lot more we can break down over the next coming weeks, Vic. But I think when we come back prior to the amazing sit-down interview with Cameron Grimes that you are not going to want to miss, what do you say we do a little geeking out? Okay. We haven't done one of those in a while. We'll be right
0: back. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train
2: for the right career. Right where you are, right now.
0: Get a skill, get a job, get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.
1: It's ATB. I'm Graves. He's Vic. Vic, I did something yesterday that I have not had the luxury of doing in quite some time. Pedicure. No, I get pedicures all the time. This was Penny. unfamiliar territory to me. No, it didn't actually involve personal grooming for once. And You watch Cleveland Browns highlights. I would rather dig my own grave. Anyway, I was at home by myself for the first time. And I don't know how long, no kids, no girlfriend, no dog. It was me and the two cats. I flew back from Tampa. First thing in the morning on Monday landed. I was back in my home by about ten thirty AM and I went, I have an entire day in front of me. I have no obligations, no plans. What should I do? And I could have gone outside and enjoyed the sunshine or done something productive, but instead I sat on my couch and I started my day with the Broken Skull Sessions featuring none other than Randy Orton. How was that? Dude, I thought to myself, I'm just going to take a look at this. Maybe there'll be a cool tidbit here or there. I could pull something for the podcast or whatever. Next thing I know, I am like hours deep into this thing. It was a little longer than I expected, but it was unbelievable. It was long. It was a, a long lengthy watch, but everything that Austin and Orton said and talked about and broke down and discussed should be in like the handbook of how to become a major WWE superstar. These two dudes had the most fascinating conversation. and I can't do it enough justice. If you're listening to this podcast, as soon as you're done, Pull up WWE Network. And, oh, I watched it on Peacock. I found it actually pretty easy to use. Uh, Watched the Broken Skull sessions. Enjoyed the living hell out of it. But it was what happened after that really made my day, Vic. You know how on WWE Network, when you get done watching one thing, it'll suggest something else to watch? Yeah. I don't know why it was suggested to me, but it was. WCW, Capital Combat from 1990. The return of RoboCop.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So,
1: I remember when this happened as a kid, I remember watching it as a fan and in the years since it's become kind of a punchline about, Oh, Robocop and sting coming to the ring together and how hokey and ridiculous it was. And yeah, like that part was, but dude, there were some gems on this card that I am so glad I didn't have anything better to do than to unearth. I tweeted about uh, doom versus the Steiner brothers, four of the baddest men to ever step foot in a ring. It was so refreshing. It was four, Legit badass heavyweights, and it felt like a fight, not like a. I'm trying to think of how to how to explain this. It's not like something that. Why are you smiling?
2: Because I'm. What I'm, are you doing? I'm smiling because look, I have spent a lot of time in a car with you. Yeah, I have spent countless hours in airport lobbies waiting to get on the next flight. In TVL, <laughs> I have never in my life of knowing you have heard you speak so fondly of a day of watching professional wrestling willingly. That's the key here. Willingly, like you had nothing. You didn't go to a brewery. There's a taco spot. You like that's down the street. You could have walked there and had lunch. You sat your ass on a couch and willingly decided to go, what's next? Oh, what's this WCW pay-per-view click that's what I'm laughing about, because I know the man, Corey Gray. I know, because usually when you say, hey, That's what'd you do this weekend? I, my answer is the one thing
1: I never do on my days off, which are few and far between, is think about wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it. I like my days off to be for anything but. And I, yeah, I, I got stuck in a hole and I enjoyed every second of it, man. It was it was so refreshing and fun,
2: and it kind of helped remind me why I love this. I'm now going down the list of matches that was on that show. Okay. Oh, okay. So I want you to get back into it. you t- and I'm I'm just looking at I, I, all hands off here, and there's someone that, that's going to kill me. I don't know what this show was. Oh, I never watched WCW, so this is the first time I have ever glared at this card. So I would like you to go back on what you were talking about as I continue to look at this because I'm in match one and I see the names uh, Hawk, Animal, Bam Bam Bigelow, Cactus Jack in the list, and that's match one. That, and, and that was only okay.
1: that was only four of the six participants because you forgot Norman the Lunatic and you forgot uh, Kevin, Kevin Sullivan, Sullivan, Cactus Jack, and Bam Bam Bigelow and the Road Warriors. That's the opening match. Who the hell is oh, Oliver you- Humperdinck? Sir Oliver Humperdinck, the Big Kahuna. Got, you're fired. You are really you, you're pissing me off now, Vic. You can't come on my show ATB, where this is my outlet where I get to go, hey everybody, I'm not as insufferable on this podcast as I am on Friday Night SmackDown. Oh, yeah, because big. Daddy I, get to Dink. Be-
2: I okay, I know who this is. Okay, give me a second here. I'm just I'm looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes. If we're playing the bingo game, which you know what I'm talking about, I'm just first day on the job looking at it right now.
1: Yeah, I, I got exactly what you're getting. But okay, let's look look elsewhere on the card. If for no other reason, watch. Doom versus the Steiner brothers. I cannot gush over this matchup anymore. I actually had Bully Ray, uh, uh, Bubba Ray of, of Dudley Boy's fame, sent me a DM, uh, and we were DMing each other on Twitter about how much fun that matchup was and how badass all four of those dudes were. Also, uh, the main event, Ric Flair versus Lex Luger. Steel Cage main event. In a Steel Cage. And and the crowd reactions, it, it was just, it was so much fun. Maybe because I miss having live crowds, which is why I'm so excited about WrestleMania, but to see that atmosphere and all of uh, who's who. And speaking of Lex Luger, this past week, at, uh, at some point on social media, Mick Foley, of all people, put it out into the public consciousness that he thinks Lex Luger should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And you know what?
2: I think I agree with him. Can I put a timeout on that for a second? Mean Mark versus Johnny Ace? I was going to get there, but I don't know. We'll just let that sit. For those that
1: know, they know. I don't even want to break this down. You really love The Undertaker? You want to watch this. You're a big fan of talent relations in WWE? Big Johnny, people power. Unrecognizable, but fun to watch. Rock and Roll Express, Freebirds? Yeah. Oh, by the way, there was... A match between two of the greatest tag teams of all time that just happened. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. That's what I'm saying, how stacked this card was. I remembered watching it, but I didn't remember anything about it. And it was awesome. Tom Zink? The Z-Man, Brian I'm, Pillman, you States Tag I'm going
2: – I've never seen this before, okay, great So here's so an idea, Vic.
1: As soon as we wrap this podcast, which at this point I cannot wait to do because I want you to text me when you start watching the, the pay-per-view as a whole, start to finish, and I don't want to speak to you until you do that. Oh, wildfire how, fire, Tommy Rich? Is, you're damn right, wildfire Tommy
2: Rich. But bet you, you're going to just acknowledge, not acknowledge what – what I just said about Lex? No, Luger? No, I'm gonna get. I'm sorry. I'm getting back to that. We're going back to Lex Luger. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, let's just sit, let's sit time. here wait for Vic to read everything he can find you about know, this. You know, I can't read very fast. a little, too late. I'm just amazed that I've never heard I'm, of this I'm, thing. I'm pissed. Off. I'm moving I'm disappointed.
1: it away. I'm pissed Why? off and disappointed in you. What are you mad about? I'm mad that at this point in your life you have never seen Capital Combat, if for no other reason than the morbid curiosity about RoboCop. I've seen the RoboCop thing, but that's it. And you never went. Hmm. This is a little strange. I want to see what else happened. Uh, no. Okay. Well, that's why you're don't bad be fan. angry
2: at me. I'm no, sorry. I'm, I'm very, very mad about. it. So you. I have so, a question for all this, but time out for a second to go back to your Lex Luger point. Lex Luger in the Hall of Fame is what you said, right? Yes, I said Mick Foley put it out into the Twitterverse, and I think that I agree. I don't necessarily uh, disagree. I wouldn't say I'm salivating to put him in the Hall of Fame. I think he's had a he had a great career. He world champion Lex Express Slammy Yokozuna uh, a lot of memorable stuff. I always think of the narcissist at WrestleMania nine, sure. with the fireworks going off uh, around him. Uh, you know the NWOs when he was with the Wolfpack. Yeah, I could see Lex Luger in, in the Hall of Fame. And, and
1: I think I think at least it, it, this is this is going to be the deep cut for the internet wrestling community uh, that's listening to this. I think a lot of Lex's body of work is overlooked because of personal issues, because a lot of people weren't fond of him as a person backstage. I've never met the guy. So I I have no platform to base that off of. And some people I've heard the legends and and the, the stories about, oh, he could be difficult to deal with. He could. I don't know that that's above my pay grade. That's might as well be ancient history to me. I am looking at this going. This is a dude that had a banger of a match with Ric Flair. The crowd was rabid for Lex Luger. The dude is a big star. I think, I'm not saying this year, maybe next year, but I think someday Lex Luger does deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I am agreeing with Mick Foley.
2: I do think Lex Luger will get into the Hall of Fame in due time. I wouldn't necessarily say next year. I would not put money on this year. But I could see that happening for sure when that's put out into the Twitter universe. Because to your point, I look at his... um Career and think definitely is Hall of Fame worthy. A hundred percent, it's Hall of Fame worthy. When is the time right? That's really the the million dollar question, so to speak. I have a follow up question, however, to go back to this Capital Carnage oh my nineteen ninety show. What the way you are talking about it and the way that you sat there and lost yourself and now I look back for the first time and see the who's who is on that card. Do you think fans? 20 years from now, we'll go back the same way to the world of sports entertainment as it is now and look at a car and be like, oh, man, top to bottom. That's awesome. I need to go back in yesteryear.
1: I think this is a great question. I am going to ask that we shelve it for no other Uh, reason than I want to have time and actually discuss this with you. That is a great question on your part, Vic. Um, (gasps) short answer, short. No, that's it. That's it. Just clip this because he just said I had a good idea. Shut your mouth. You sound (sighs) stupid. I think it's a good idea. I'm going to give you a short answer right now. No, but I want to shelve it. want to do it again later, but before you get too far down this path where you cannot redeem yourself in my eyes, I think it's perfect time for us to indulge the ATB listeners with this spectacular, incredible, revealing sit down interview with the man who's taking NXT to the moon, Mr. Cameron Grimes. He is the man who is taking NXT to the moon. Please welcome to After the Bell, Cameron Grimes. Good morning, sir. How are you? Morning, Corey. Thanks for having me on here. This is super exciting for myself. I don't have the same relationship and, and spend as much time around you as Vic gets to. So this is exciting for me. There are so so many superstars these days that I'm like, oh, I get to talk to the, or I get to watch this guy on TV. I'm digging what he's doing. Now I actually get to sit down and chat with you face to face. So this is really cool. That's awesome. Man, Grimes,
2: uh, you know how he's telling the truth? There's a twinkle in his eye because we're on a Zoom call doing this. Obviously, <laughs> just take a look at his eyes because when they start to squint, he's genuinely excited. So for future reference for everyone, that's how you can read Corey Graves.
0: Oh, I see it. That's genuine excitement. I, I've seen disdain in his face, but I've never seen genuine <laughs> happiness. This this is unfamiliar sights for everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I want to start from the beginning, man. Uh,
1: just for my own purposes, as well as anybody listening to this, uh, Cameron Grimes, still relatively new to the WWE universe, but you've been in this business for a while. Give us a sort of a Notes version as to
0: how you broke in and where you got started. So it, it all started in 1993, which is insane because that was the year that I was born. Uh, but Tracy Cadell, my father, uh, was from Vass, North Carolina, which is a sister town to Cameron, North Carolina. So the Hardy Boys starting wrestling. Uh, my dad wanted to be all a part of that. He was just as big a fan as them. He just didn't have the talent as them. So he stored the ring in our yard, and my fondest memories are riding on the back of dirt bikes with Jeff Hardy falling out of the ring as a child like those are my fondest memories was being in the wrestling ring and i remember like going to elementary school and stuff and being the kid that had the wrestling ring in his yard but i didn't see that as like anything that was different because <laughs> of course it, i have a ring in my yard <laughs> yeah I, it was just what what would happen uh so then around middle school i fell off of wrestling it was around the time where wrestling was kind of lame for kids of that age, sure, you know sure. what I mean? Like, if you liked wrestling, you're a dork. And at that time, I wasn't okay with being a dork. I had problems. So I kind of fell away from wrestling. Uh, but then going into my high school year, my father had found his way back to wrestling somehow. Uh, a single father who raised me on his own. We uh, we lived with my grandma. I actually shared the same room with my father from sixth grade until I graduated high school and was able to leave. Uh, just not a real good situation. Um, but what I had at that time was I was the next door neighbors to Matt and Jeff Hardy. So I grew up very low income, and I would see these guys come home from the road, driving their Corvettes, driving their Cadillacs, going to their mansions. And that was just something that I wanted. That was something that I needed. And I always had anger problems because, uh, you know, just a, a kind of a a, a, a bad kind of upraising And all it was was me wanting attention and and wanting to be able to show that attention and put it somewhere. Uh, And going into high school, my father ended up running a show for the school for the athletic program. And uh, at the time, I had never seen high spot wrestling is what I'm going to call it. Uh, I knew the Hardy Boys and I knew the style that they brought to the table. But I didn't know about independent wrestling, so this was my first independent show, uh, almost you know, as a teenager, and I saw two guys, um, one named Kamikaze Kid, and the other is Ultra Dragon. So just based off those names, you knew that they did high spots and a lot of right, right,
1: yeah. As a kid, you're just already excited based on the name alone.
0: Yeah, so this is the first match of that show, and these guys just went bonkers, like it was nuts. And I remember watching that, and. It all just came back to me. I was infected again by it. And, and the next thing you know, now I couldn't leave the wrestling ring. I went from being the most disciplinary kid in the school uh, with the most suspensions, in-school suspensions, out-of-school suspensions, to not ever getting in trouble again because I had somewhere that I could put all that energy. And it, it's it's all been downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> So every weekend, I would then uh, travel to a town called Burlington, North Carolina, which was uh, about an I've, hour and a half.
1: I've wrestled in Burlington many times.
0: I, b- I believe you have, actually. <laughs> uh, and so I started to travel here, and then next thing you know, I'm missing all the school stuff that you know I probably should have been doing as a kid. But what I was learning and becoming was just far greater. Uh, so then as soon as I graduated high school – I uh I went to like senior beach week which was like a thing you know all the all the seniors do and then from that I I just went right from the beach to Burlington and I never went back home I, and then I decided this is it I'm going to be a professional wrestler um so I lived a few years homeless uh I was sleeping at at the wrestling school on the floor but my goal was I was going to make this there was there was no way you could tell me that I wasn't going to make it I just had too many connections and to You know, in my head, too much talent to believe that I wasn't going to make it. So I ended up doing a show in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I wrestled Cedric Alexander. It just so happened that Kevin Owens at the time was at that show and me and Cedric Alexander wrestled. And after that, Kevin came up to me and said, I really like you. And I think that you would be great in PWG. I I knew what PWG was. So that was just all right. That's for, for
1: those listening, that might be unfamiliar. It's pro wrestling gorilla, really, really hot independent wrestling company to this day, based out of uh, Southern California.
0: And at the time, all the best independent wrestlers were at this company. And at the time I was trying to uh, wrestle for ring of honor. I was trying to try out for ring of honor. Uh, and they just didn't really have anything for me. I was just a, I was just a kid that was talented, but that doesn't break the mold. There's a lot of people with talent, uh, but I didn't bring anything else to the table. So Kevin had told me, I think you'd be a great fit for PWG. You couldn't tell me anything. Uh, then a year went by and I never heard anything. Then one day I was just traveling to uh, I think some other show. I had actually got a booking and I get a message from Cedric Alexander that says, I need your email. What? No one's ever asked for my email. <laughs> what? 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 And I send him my email and go, What's up? And he goes, oh, we may be uh, booked for PWG this weekend. This is Wednesday, and PWG was supposed to happen on Saturday. So I'm like, what What do you mean we might be booked for PWG? <laughs> Nothing like a little heads up. <laughs> what? So then he, uh, he says, yeah, they're doing uh, the show called Mystery Vortex, which is where they don't advertise anything. It's just a complete mystery. And he booked us, uh, me, Cedric Alexander, and my close friend, Andrew Everett. So I went from never being booked on, you know, like a good show to now being flown all the way from North Carolina to Los Angeles, California. And as you could tell, I'm from small town, North Carolina. So to be able to go to Los Angeles for free right. to, to wrestle my for the, this company that all the best guys were at right now. This is before WWE just went through with a vacuum cleaner and just took everybody. Took everybody, right. So this was the greatest time that I could have ever have went to PWG, Uh, Roderick Strong, you know Kevin Owens, all these guys were there at this time, and I remember going there and just being like, they're not going to be able to tell me no after tonight. After tonight, I'm getting brought back for Bola. That was my goal. Battle of Los Angeles is their big singles tournament, and I was like, my goal is to be able to get brought back to that. And that night was. Insane. We we literally wrestled through a uh, an earthquake, and uh, that happened here recently in Japan. Yeah, as well. I just saw it happen on, the, on this past weekend in Japan. Yeah, but there is a moment in our match where Andrew Everett does a springboard shooting star to the outside, and you can kind of tell in that moment that the ring is a little shaking. And then he does that and, you know, the whole crowd just explodes and it's kind of hard to tell. But we had actually wrestled through an earthquake at that time and we had no idea. That was my next question. Did you yeah. realize what was happening no at the time clue. No clue. We got to the back and they were like, did you realize there was an earthquake? And we were just so high on adrenaline. We were just like, what are you talking about? No. And then that was the moment that changed my life. Uh, from that night, my Twitter exploded. And then next thing you know, I was being flown all around the world at at 20 years old. Uh, And I just got to just go to all these companies. I got to wrestle the best people in the world. And that led to me, you know, going on to wrestle for Impact Wrestling. That was my first television deal to where I got to learn how to slightly work on television. And then ultimately that brought me to the WWE. Um, Like I had said before, my father, solo father that raised me, uh, his claim to fame was he was an extra Uh, on the night that the Hardy Boys won the tag team titles for the first time. Uh, So that's really cool. You can see there's like a a vignette right before the Hardys go out where a paramedic talks to JBL and says, Mr. JBL, you probably shouldn't be going out there. You're a little banged up from last night. I think it was a pay-per-view the night before. And uh, JBL basically just punched him in the face, and it was awesome. Uh, That was like his big claim to fame. So, a little Easter egg
1: on the WWE network. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's absolutely great. So, he was always the person to tell me that I had it. He was always the person to tell me everything that would come, and uh, sure enough, I just reached out to Mister Regal. I was tired of where I was at, and I said, "Hey, I know you guys didn't want to sign me before. You had mentioned before that when I become twenty four years old, that you you would bring me in uh, as like a maturity thing. Sure is, which I've is seen which is." Which is understandable because, I, like I've mentioned before, I'm a psychopath. Uh, so, <laughs> casually admitting. <it. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first step. You got to work through your problems. <laughs> so, I hit up Regal and just tell him I'm tired of where I'm at. Oh, yeah, I'd like to come there. And then he just messaged me back. Oh, yeah, we'd like to sign you. Oh, uh, what? Okay. So, actually, I, I called my father and I told him the news I wanted to tell him my entire life. And unfortunately, that was the last time I was ever able to talk to my father. The last news I was ever able to give him was that the WWE had signed me. I called him on a Wednesday. Uh, that Saturday, I received a call that my father had passed away with a heart attack. Um, devastating. Oh my God, man. I'm, yeah, I,
1: I never knew this story. I'm sorry. That's yeah, it. no, it it's, that it's story a, either.
0: It's okay. That's why i I you know I want to tell it because please. He he always would tell me that you know he was here for me and then when i finally got to where you know i was supposed to go I, it was like he was able to rest and it, it it's terrible it breaks me up every time but it's, it's you know and i mean it's you can't write a better story oh no,
1: man that that's i mean that's a real life cinderella rags to riches all of the clichés man you you've lived it that's incredible i had no yeah. idea I, I look at it with a whole new level of respect now
0: so i i got signed to wb and and then there was yeah, there was no telling me no at that point.
1: <laughs> so, so you're a guy that uh, you just run through a, a litany of experience. So you've, but you got to, to work with the best of the best on the Independence. You, you, you know, you spent some time in Impact and kind of learned a little bit about television. Now you come to WWE. Now you're part of NXT. What's the learning curve curve like for you as you first step through the doors?
0: Yeah, it's everything that you could ever want. You you look at college athletes and. You see these these universities and it blows your mind when you see like these locker rooms for these football teams. They have their own barbers and stuff like that. Then you come to WWE and that's what we have. We have that college, university-style gym. Uh, everything is so top of the line that if this is really what you want, there's no way that you cannot come here and become great. Uh the first coach I had was Norman Smiley and every day he would just make me laugh because he would just beat me up and I would have no idea how he did (laughs) any of it. So I would just start laughing and that was my first coach. So that was great. And then you, I move on to Terry Taylor who's the most passionate man, probably at the PC. And if you're uh, a psycho, like I said, and he, He's a, a, a perfect example of, a, of just passion and just he just pulls it out of you.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. I, I don't think you could find anybody, particularly from my generation, you know, the FCW early NXT crossover, your Rollins, a Bray, Roman, all those guys. I don't think you could find somebody who hasn't had a heated, passionate argument with Terry Taylor. But then a year down the road, you find yourself in the situation, you go, damn it, Terry was right. It, it happens to all of us and we laugh about it now, but you're right. He's so passionate in the moment you go, man, I screw this guy. What he yeah. is, he's telling me how to live my life? I know what I'm doing. And it's, it's one of those life lessons you don't appreciate till way down the road. But Terry's the best for that.
2: Terry is absolutely the man. you ever sit at home and just hear grab a hold. All of a sudden in the back of your mind, because it, it happens to me when I'm just watching shows sometimes. Grab a hold and I just what what? Where's Terry Taylor at? Because he's in my head because I could hear him yelling at people, or like when we would do skull sessions. I mean, it's 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 crazy to think about Terry Taylor sometimes. Too Ooh. often do
0: I sit around and go, frick. <laughs> because <laughs> Terry doesn't cuss anymore. <laughs> exactly. So that was always great. Um and 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 getting into his class, he made you feel like you're the star. Yes. Uh, that was his main goal is that his guys were stars and you need to be told that, uh, you know, I mean, we all have egos. I mean, we can all admit it. We're, we're in a, an ego driven sport, but you still need every once in a while, especially in a building full of a hundred different guys that are all competing for that spot. You need someone to say, you're a star. And, Terry Taylor knocked that out of the park every single day, and then you move on to Shawn Michaels, the you know the, the greatest of all time, and then you're just hanging out with him, and then he's telling you that you're a star. So you're like, well, I'm really a star. Like, if Shawn Michaels is calling me a star, you can't tell me nothing, right? <laughs> you know. So I absolutely love it. Um, I, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better area. Anything. It's just great.
1: You sort of set me up for a question I definitely wanted to get to, and you, you mentioned being in there with a hundred or so people. This is the, the environment that is the performance center, and in the early days of NXT, basically no matter who you are, you've got that same field, that same competition. What stood out to me initially, I, I you had a buzz about you, right? I knew who you were when you got there. I'd see you on TV from time to time. I got to call your match at Takeover Thirty alongside Vic. But it wasn't until recently and right here on after the bell, Vic and I had a discussion several weeks back about how NXT is overflowing with the most talented competitors and athletes from around the globe. But to me, I feel like there are very few people that stand out from a character perspective. This all ties into Terry Taylor telling you you're a star and Shawn Michaels telling you you you're a star, but you need to figure out how to separate yourself from the bunch. How did that come to be for you?
0: So that kind of started in the last, I would probably say, year and a half before I came to the WWE. Uh, I was still doing the independents. I was still doing pro wrestling guerrilla. And at the time, they were bringing in so much international talent. And I believed I could do the stuff that they could do. But ultimately, I realized not as good. So then I had to Realize how can I stand out on this show, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, that brings in all the best talent from around the world? How can I still stand out and be a guy that people are going to talk about at the end of the night? So then I just started talking. Uh, I would just grab the microphone without permission and just <laughs> cut a promo before each one of my matches. And And before this time, I wasn't necessarily good at talking in front of people. I've always been i would say charismatic i guess like if if i know you in person like i feel like people laugh at a lot of stuff i say i like to believe i'm a comedian <laughs> uh, but i didn't know how to like translate that right. to the audience so then i just started practicing in front of the audience and this is the best way that I, I could have done it um i did a couple times i did some stand-up stuff like in my local town just to try to get more comfortable and talking on the mic and, and before i know it i had lost my mind and i was just just say whatever I was feeling that night. And people would start to kind of laugh with it and started to get along with it. And then before I knew it, like I just wanted to talk more than I was actually wrestling.
1: But it's a result of you forcing yourself out of your comfort zone. Like that's, that's something that yeah. not a lot of people in our business or anywhere in earth are willing to do. Usually you kind of stay in your lane and you force yourself to come out
2: of your shell, man. That that's, that's strong. And yeah. I think that ties in to Grimes with what like, And Graves, correct me if I'm wrong for being in the Performance Center as well. People can see that. Like, Terry Taylor can see that. Shawn Michaels can see that. And I think, overall, that's what, man, this kid wants it. He is a star. He's going that extra mile. Because, truth be told, there's a learning curve when you come to the WWE, you come to NXT. I I don't care what anyone wants to say about it. We all have had pasts. I had to go to a vocal coach when I got here. Graves, I don't know if you had to do any of that when it came to announcing. I showed up perfect, man. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. You know, you know, but that's a, a lot about the man who is Cameron Grimes taking that extra step because of the craft that this is the art form that Graves and I talk about every single week that is pro wrestling.
0: So hats off to you. Yeah. So I, I came in kind of feeling like that. I was a little bit, I was getting there on, on the mic. Um, but then when I came into the WWE, I knew what I was, but when they brought me in, they didn't know who, who Trevor Lee or who Cameron Grimes was. They just knew that I was a guy that they wanted to take. Um so I had to kind of, you know, re-show that and and kind of show these people that I could do that. And like I said, I was terrible in school. Don't get it wrong that I wasn't probably terrible here as well. I said <laughs> that I said that this is the perfect place to learn, but I got in trouble for not going to promo classes. Uh I probably should have got fired. Um but I just I did a couple of the promo classes and then it just seemed like monotonous stuff. And I didn't, I don't know, like you can only be told like, good job so many times before you're like, all right, I'm just not going to go to promo class this week. And then I don't go that week and then I don't go the next week. And then eventually, you know, I got in trouble because people are going to tell on you, like I said, there's a hundred people in the, in the PC, uh, people want to spot. So I got in trouble, uh, by getting in trouble, I had to go to more coconut shows, um, if you guys know, <laughs> oh, the, the Coconut uh, Loop, yes, the yeah, the, buddy,
1: the yeah, smallest towns in Florida for those uninitiated. Basically, if it's a town and you are within the state limits of Florida, the the youngest crop generally of the NXT superstars uh, travel from town to town in front of lackluster crowds at times the <laughs> Ocala, Grimes, maybe it's, a it's little all, largo. it's all about learning though man it's 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 the invaluable experience i remember when i i first got signed i i was you know going to england every every month or every six weeks wrestling in front of two or three thousand people and making some money and, and i had a cup of coffee at ring of honor and then you get a crowd it was fcw when i got there and i remember the first night there couldn't have been 25 people in the crowd in it's, tampa and i went crazy I, I remember looking at rollins because i had known him from the indies and i went I
0: thought we signed with WWE. I'm a WWE superstar, <laughs>
1: right? Well, these people have no idea who I am. They don't care about me, and then it's just funny. And then you realize again, it's those long term lessons where you go, "Oh God, I know how to do what I do in front of this crowd because I had to learn to do it in front of 20 people." It's crazy.
0: Yeah. yeah so Grimes, I, I only ever thanked you for the crowds in Lakeland. Appreciate hey, the house. I brought the house. Let me tell you, I've wrestled <laughs> in every town there is in Florida. Uh, I am the king oh, of oh, dates. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like you know, the frustration builds. You're in this place with 100 people. You know who you are, but they don't know who you are. So ultimately, I wanted the world when I came in the door and I didn't get it. I mean, of course. Um, so then that builds that frustration, that builds that fire, and that helps that passion that Terry talks about. Uh, it helps bring that out. And so I was just like, it doesn't matter. If they give me a spot where I can just try to show a little bit of this, I know that I can stand out with that. So then it started with the Cameron Grimes, and I didn't know who Cameron Grimes was. I, I, I was Trevor Lee. I've always been Trevor Cadell. Um, and then I came here, and and now they're, they're going to change my name and 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 put a hat on me. What a hat! What is a <laughs> it hat? Changes so everything. So <laughs> I didn't know who Cameron Grimes was. I didn't know anything. So then I just tried. I just grabbed something. So then I just said I would do Cameron Grimes, and then before you know it. I would walk around the PC and people would go Cameron Grimes, Cameron Grimes. And, and when, and Triple H walks up to you and your voice and goes, Cameron Grimes, you go, I'm doing something right.
1: Yep.
0: And then it just progressed from there. And then I would just take stuff for real life. You know, uh, I'd, I'd gotten to the stock market a little over a year ago, and and, and stocks to the moon is, is a big thing because yeah everybody wants money, and everybody wants to put money in something and watch that money go to the moon. So then I just started using it, and I used it one time, and, and it was another one of those things where someone did the to the moon. I was like, well, I got something again here, and it, I just keep Dumb and so, wait, so you're <laughs> telling
1: you're this. telling me that the whole to the moon thing and the stock market this isn't just some character thing you made up completely.
0: This isn't a character thing at all. I I've never like I said I was a low income uh, family. I never had any money. So when I started to make money and I put it into my savings account, I noticed interest rate on your savings account is just awful. Like you have to have a thousand dollars to make one penny and I was making money, but I won't making enough money to make right. money off my insurance. So I was like, this is awful. So then my friends were, you know, starting to get into the stock market as well. So I was like, well, this is interesting. And, uh, a company Barstool sports was becoming uh publicly traded. So I had kind of knew about Barstool sports and I had liked what they were doing. So I said, this is the day they're, they're a day, this is day one that they're getting on that they're opening. So, I felt like I was getting a deal, getting something day one on the ground level. So I got in and then it was crazy. Like they say you're invested, but really once you put your money into it, you're invested. And all of a sudden I'm looking at stock videos on YouTube. Like I was watching Ring of Honor in 2008. You know, like I was like into it. And then you know, I I got lucky and then, and then the GameStop and all these things kind of blew up, and then next thing you know, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 the
2: inspiration of the character is the man. <laughs> that, <that's, Yeah. laughs> that just blew my mind.
1: I, I don't even know. That's it. Vic, take over. I have no more questions. I, I, I'm I'm, th- th- well, I, my, I'm looking at my little notes here. Oh, I, I'm listening just from from where we started. The story yeah. of Cameron Grimes. It's absurd. It's a Hallmark movie. And and forgive, forgive me. I don't mean to to say this in a negative manner. It's Joe dirt in real life. You are living this. You are, you have made it now. You, this is insane to me. I love it. It's, It's so cool.
0: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> I think you have it figured out
1: more so than yeah, anyone else. I was going to say, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. The
2: rest of us are the ones that need to figure it out. My God. So wow. where's the book coming out that you're about to write on? How to go from rags to riches, Cameron Grimes style.
0: I, I definitely think that, that there is a book here. Uh, like I gave you like the short cliff note version, but like it's terrible. <laughs> and and brother, Let's be honest. You're yeah. just getting started. You got a long way to go here. I appreciate that. Thank you so much.
2: We talk about to the moon, Graves. What was it and in the Cameron Grimes? Where'd kiss my grits come from? That's, That's what I Alice. really want to know, because I've been hearing kiss right? my grits for weeks now.
0: Right. Alice. So that Did one. Did you just I- wake up one morning and go, hey, babe, kiss my grits? Like, what? <laughs> I wish I could take credit in that one, but uh, it was the, it was night. It was the we were going to be debuting. The new Cameron Grimes uh, pulling up in the Lamborghini, which uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, oh, like, I'm gonna get to that one here in a second. Just yeah. don't worry about that. And and I said it, kiss my grits. That's kind of that's kind of funny. And then especially you know the way I sound and everything, it just it just sounds great for me I personally. So uh, you know we used it and it hit. It it fits perfectly, but
1: correct me if I'm mistaken. I might need a producer to add it. There there was a show I used to know it. I believe from Nick at Night called Alice. Yeah, and that was her her thing. Like it, whatever her whatever that was her response. But this was that's what I've heard 30, yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah, so, I wasn't
0: alive during that time. But that was not, Alice. I'm, I'm not trying, trying to figure out you what you It's
1: one of those. One yeah, of those for shit, sure. Yeah, that's absolutely wild. But but to that point, we Vic and I had the conversation of I mean weeks ago about we've got the 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 most skilled wrestlers in the glo- on the globe in NXT but to me for my money in the sports entertainment realm Cameron Grimes right now is is at the top of the mountain for the total package and i mean that from the bottom of my heart and i watch way too much wrestling so
2: <laughs> i say that with with the utmost respect and i appreciate that man so much honestly well it's, it's another thing too Graves that you talk about is talent Sometimes, and you use The Miz as an example, and I don't want to compare the two, but, but if The Miz is told, run out of the arena in your underwear, he's going to do it to the best of his abilities. Cameron, just learning his story here, and this was, hey, man, uh, we want you to wear a hat, or a vest, do you got any funny sayings? And he took it, no pun intended, to the moon. And again, that's a hats off to Cameron Grimes, the performer, getting something and going, okay, well, this I'm going to make this the best damn thing you guys have ever seen.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of cool guys in wrestling. Like, uh, there, there's going to be plenty of those from time to all uh, for for throughout history. There's always going to be the cool guy. Uh, what we do is ridiculous. Like, yes. it's it's <laughs> not th- that cool, really. <laughs> like, like, if you ask a regular person, they're going to call us a loser. So, I'm okay with that. Like I said, when I was in school, all I ever wanted was attention. Uh, entertainers like to seem complicated, but we're not complicated. Uh, I can explain it pretty easily. Have you ever been to a birthday party for children and one of those children who won't stop screaming because he's just a little attention attractor when he grows up to be a comic or actor? He'll be rewarded for never maturing, for never understanding or learning that every day can't be about you. There's other people, you selfish. (laughs) And that is me. That is me. I just want. (laughs) people to laugh at me i just want people to acknowledge me i just want people to to know that i was there so if i gotta run out in my underwear let me tell you Ms. i will take that spot all right <laughs> i,
2: I mean, think i just found the forward to your book too grimes Whatever you ever you just said just put that in right now and there's the first page yeah <laughs> I just have somebody transcribe
1: that that was that was beautiful <laughs> i wanted to talk for a second i was thinking when i knew we were going to chat today um you mentioned your upbringing growing up close to the hardys and, and just think of the the Carolina wrestling scene. I think back to, to Minneapolis in the 80s, and that's that's where the Road Warriors, Rick Rude, Kurt Henning, I mean a who's who. You could I could go on. I'm sure I, I forgot 25 people. But you look at the Carolinas, not only from a business perspective with Jim Crockett promotions and whatnot, but you've got the Hardys, you've got Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, Cedric Alexander. I mean, and again, I'm sure I'm missing 50 yeah. off the top of my head. Is that something you realize? Like, is that or is it a conscious existence, or do you just kind of go, oh, that's just what we do? We're just we just wrestle.
0: So so here's the thing. Uh, North Carolina is the 48th funded state in America for education. We got to find something to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could barely read. I don't know the difference between a noun and a verb, but I know how to fight. Uh, so that helps. Uh, a lot of us, you know, we didn't have a lot. Uh, but what we did have was the love for this thing, professional wrestling. and seeing those characters and, and 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 seeing those guys greensboro north carolina rick flair you know what i mean like dusty Rhodes, ricky Steamboat, those guys were tearing this area up if you were to see that how did how would you not want to emulate it how would you like so it's easy i guess for us uneducated uh bumpkins to pick up something that's so ridiculous <laughs> Look what it turned into, man, because now Wade Barrett every
2: Wednesday calls you the bumpkin billionaire because you're running. (laughs) We're we're talking about this insane
1: story that is real life, and he's still referring to himself as a bumpkin. Uh, You've outsmarted us all, Grimes. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, You're you're sitting there a moment ago. I'm thinking, brother, you got GameStop money now. What are you talking about looking at us for? That number 48 ranking might have worked out in your favor.
0: Yep. Yep. I graduated with a 1.7 GPA. Uh, the only reason that they let me graduate high school is because I ran a wrestling show for my school and gave them all the money. So they were like, "Yeah, I guess we got to let this guy leave." <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be in government one of these days, man. You you have got all all the hallmarks. I've always said that everything that I've ever wanted to accomplish, I've done. So why can't I be in a Fast and the Furious movie? Why can't I be the president of the United States? Uh, 2032, Cameron Grimes. I love
1: it. I love it. Shoot for the moon. We're going to take that's, that's going to be on those T-shirts across the country one of these days. I, I fully support it. I think it's amazing. There's no reason it can't happen. <laughs> what's, what's next in the immediate future? We know we've got the first ever two-night NXT takeover headed our way prior to WrestleMania. Uh, no concrete plans as of this moment, but uh, let's, let's pontificate. Let's shoot for the stars and the moon. What's next for Cameron Grimes in the immediate future?
0: So uh, Cameron Grimes, uh, I've always been described as a good hand. Uh, in the business end, I've always been described as a good hand. I think it's time now that Cameron Grimes becomes that top guy. I think it's now time that, uh, you know, I still may not be ready for it, but I'm I'm at least ready to try. Uh, we're, we're in a time where there's a lot going on, but like you said, I, I'm standing out and I'm not ready to step back yet. I love it, man. Anybody on the yeah. top of your head,
1: anybody that Cameron Grimes watches on TV and goes, man, I can't wait to, to mix it up with that dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, all the guys on Raw and SmackDown, I'd, I'd love to work. I, I never got to work with uh, Brian Danielson. He was one of the guys that uh, wasn't at PWG at the time. He was one of the first guys to go. So he was a guy that always, you know, looked up to it. I would love to work with him. I'd love to work with Jeff Hardy and WWE just because, you know, the story's there. All those top guys, I, I want to work everybody. Uh, as far as NXT, I never got to work with any of the Undisputed Era guys. Those are the guys that are, the key to NXT. Those are the guys that have carried the brand for so long, and uh, I'm ready now to show that I, I can hang with each and one of those guys. Uh, I've got to work Finn Balor. I used to look up to Finn Balor. Uh, I got to work him uh, earlier last year, uh, so that was great. Um, I'm just I'm just enjoying it all. Like uh, I, I'm not going to get upset if I don't get certain things, but just even if I'm just working the lowest guy on the card. uh, It doesn't matter. Just uh, honestly, just let me talk on the show. I I could go the rest of my life without ever wrestling again. I could tell you the truth right now. If I never fall on the ground again, I'll be okay, but at least let me talk. (laughs) I I love it, man. That's the right outlook. And I think too
1: many guys, especially in our era are so concerned with, I can do this cool move. I know this amazing spot that I saw or I borrowed from Japan and yes, that'll get you somewhere. But I'm I'm saying this from my own personal perspective. Again, no disrespect to anybody in NXT. They are all wildly talented. But at this stage of, of my fandom and being in the business as long as I have, I look for who stands out and why. And, and as I said it multiple times, right now on NXT, Cameron Grimes stands out in a big, big way. Uh, I am genuinely enjoying the hell out of everything that you're doing uh so i want to go go back for a second y- your yeah. eyes lit up when you mentioned rolling up to the performance center in a lamborghini how did that whole day come about
0: so uh we had did the great american bash uh nxt did last year and if you remember we had like a corvette like an old model corvette and uh a viper a dodge viper on set and I, when i was growing up i was a dork so like fast and the furious was awesome to me at that time so like i saw like all these cars was like man that's so cool and i would play like need for speed games i was like man i always wanted a lamborghini that just seemed like the coolest car that was, right, it was, right it was really a rocket ship so we did the great american bash and i saw these cars so i cared more about looking at those cars than worrying about the show that day and i got to meet the the guy that brings in the cards and uh i got to meet him and talk to him for a little bit and i was like man he was pretty cool, and another thing that Terry had kind of instilled in us is that just the guys that are in the locker room aren't the only guys that we work with. Uh, we work with a vast uh, variety of production guys that honestly are way cooler than we are. If Amen. you actually, if you actually Amen. like talk to these guys, these guys have done a lot of cool stuff. Like Skip, our like lead. Production guy. Yeah. He's worked with like Whitney Houston in England. Like he worked on Titanic, like all this cool stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, like these guys are really cool. Yeah.
2: So, and he's got I, a great boat, Cameron. He's oh, got a great brother. boat to go on and go <laughs> fishing
0: on. Yeah. I, I went deep sea fishing with Skip and it was great uh, until we got to the point where I couldn't see land anymore. And then I was seasick and it was absolutely awful. <laughs> but I, I started to talk to these guys and become friends with these guys. And if you notice like uh we do arrival shots a lot. Uh like for instance like Pat McAfee shows up and and Pat McAfee is a non millionaire but he pulls up in like a Chevy Tahoe. Uh and then we have like Legato del Fantasma pull up in a Honda Sonata. So it's like you know what I mean like I could have There's a disconnect. I, guess. I it wouldn't have been cool if if I would have pulled up and beeped the horn on a Toyota Corolla. So I just went straight to them and was like, "Hey, I want. To, I'm going to be wanting to do this, and I know that this guy has this Lamborghini. Uh, Kane is his name. He he has this Lamborghini. I follow him on Instagram. He loves working with us. Please get me that Lamborghini. So the production guy said, "No problem. You got it." Well, the company didn't think that that was even going to be a possibility. So they were like looking for other cars to try to get me. Uh, they and and the production guy told him. Cameron wants this Lamborghini. I whatever. We don't want to get him a Lamborghini. And sure enough, they messaged me. If, if you did get this money, what kind of car would you have? So I just sent them the Instagram picture of that Lamborghini and said, this is the car. And sure enough, I, here we are. And they got me the Lamborghini. Uh, uh, there's a funny story. I, I had to learn how to drive this Lamborghini, uh, I don't know if you've ever drove in a supercar, but it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Did, you have Did you tell the guy, like, hey, man, I had to go learn. I don't know how to drive this thing, but, hey, thanks for letting us borrow it. I may not oh, come back in one I, piece. <laughs> I didn't tell him anything. He was like, all right, I'm going to have to show you how to drive this thing. So, sure enough, we get. To, I get to take it around the block, and I'm, just, I'm going as fast as I can go for 10 miles per hour. I mean, I am tearing the streets up in that thing. And, uh, you know, I do a couple laps around the circle. And I come to pull back into the uh, the PC, and as I'm pulling into the PC, uh, there's a man standing in the middle of the parking lot, and that man is Canyon Seaman, uh, who is uh, kind of a director of talent development. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that says uh, you're fired or you're hired. (laughs) Uh, So sure enough, I'm in full. Get a! I got the nice suit on, everything, and I pull up in this Lamborghini, and he doesn't see. He's on the phone because he's a busy man, and he's just standing in the middle of the parking lot. So I just pulled up on him, and I just blew the horn at him. And he looked up so mad until he saw my goofy smile just (laughs) behind the Lamborghini. And he politely laughed and got out of my way.
2: (laughs) That's tremendous. That was the night, by the way, Grimes, when you pulled up in that Lamborghini and, and unveiled that persona that Beth Phoenix wrote on a piece of paper to me. This is my new favorite character in all of WWE. So that's a little bit behind the curtain for everyone that while we're live, she goes, new favorite character! Exclamation point with that big Beth Phoenix smile, and I was like, "Oh, here we go!"
1: I'm pretty sure that was the same night I tweeted the same exact sentiment. I was like, "Oh my god, what is this? I don't even know what this is, but it's it's amazing." So, yeah. truth be told, Graves, you might have texted
2: me during the show. And been I might like, have. I genuinely—he's the best like- thing going in NXT right now. Grimes,
1: I am very, very difficult to excite about anything. I feel like I've called every superstar, every kind of match. So when something stands out and kicks me in the teeth and I go, this is fun. I, I, then I become like a little kid inside. I mean, that, that's kind right. of the recurring theme for today's episode is like Graves remembers why he likes this business.
0: So, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it.
2: Well, Grimes, something I have been wanting to ask you was some uh, recent social media interactions with Virgil.
0: Yeah, everybody wants a piece of the cake, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I think um, the the breadsticks at Olive Garden are unlimited and they're free, but once you start getting into the pasta, that's where the bill starts to add up. And yeah. And I think Verge, I think he just wanted to, you know, I think he wanted to get a, an extra side that week, but he wasn't getting off a piece of my money. He can kiss my grits. That's what I had to like. say. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's not how much money you have. It's how much money you keep, right? The rich get richer. It's not rocket science.
1: <laughs> there you have it from the man himself. Cameron Grimes, Cameron, yeah. any final words for the, uh, ATB faithful?
0: I just want to say again, uh, thank you so much guys for like, uh, having me on here and, and being able to like genuinely, uh, kind of tell the story and, and not be, you know, over vamped. I feel like I have a story that I want everybody to know, because like I said, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And as generic as that may sound, like it, you, you guys heard it, anything is possible everything i've ever said i've wanted to do i've been able to do so far so just keep it on um thank you again like again i'm just so grateful to be able to have this opportunity to be able to talk to you guys and and for you guys to be able to to laugh and 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 enjoy it um and not make it seem like i'm you know a loser uh i just (laughs) want to say thanks again so much guys
2: I, mean, I I learned a lot uh, about you today as the person. And and for me, and I don't want to speak to Graves, I have a uh, greater respect for the man behind the character after sitting here today, because respect is really what this industry is built on. And we've all been around and, and have all hit the roads. And your story to learn some of that today, um, you know, was eye opening to me about everything you've had to go through to get to where you are. And that is truly an inspiration. And you always have an open
1: seat and a microphone here on ATB, man. Keep doing what you're doing, Cameron. I am enjoying the hell out of it. Hopefully, uh, you do some big things at TakeOver. If not, if you do, either way, you're always welcome here, man. Thank you so much. I was a huge fan of Cameron Grimes prior to this interview because, as I referenced at the top, I do not know the man beyond the character. Uh, I think it is very safe to say that I am an even bigger fan. Of Cameron Grimes after that. That is an incredible
2: story. I want to hear more. I mean, after hearing the story, how are you not a bigger fan of Cameron? I see Cameron every Wednesday at NXT. I didn't know 60% of what he just said. And you could feel, you know, the rawness of what he was saying, like the realness of it as he was speaking about it. And um, I know I said hats off to him throughout the interview, but Man, to learn about his story. That's what the platform we have, Graves, what makes it so cool is to learn those stories about the superstars that so many uh, of our fans love, that behind the curtain type thing. So um, that was awesome. Love to know what makes Cameron Grimes the man tick. So thanks to him for
1: joining ATB. Would love to have him back anytime. Vic, before we go, any final thoughts? I know this is being asked despite my better judgment, but because I am an altruistic host, I want you to feel like a competent part of this duo. Okay. So you're definitely Robin, but I mean, you could be part of the duo.
2: It's better than Alfred, I guess. So you talk about earlier, you gave me a lot of credit for my bringing up 20, 25 years, fans looking back type thing, right? I'm going to try to double down right now to make you twice as proud of me. Go for it. Are you ready? Ready as I'm going to be. Here we go. So as you know, I have a very, um, well, I don't really have much of a complexion, kind of like Casper the ghost. It has been brought to my attention by many people that I need to go get a spray tan that I need to tan it up for WrestleMania season, maybe every day moving forward. Is it one, a good idea? And two, should I be going weekly to go get a spray tan shouldn't men be going to get spray tans weekly i think you live in florida you just go outside that's what i said i'm a genius
1: i can answer all of life's problems but the
2: sun isn't out right now it's been very cold and rainy in these these i don't know if you're aware
1: of this vic but even if the sun is obscured, but i'm not going outside when it's 40 degrees that's not my problem figure it out
2: you say no to a spray tan
1: I say no to all things, Vic Joseph, WWE. That's his Twitter handle. That's where you can find him, and you can tell him yeah, how nice. right I am. I am at WWE Graves. This is at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag After the Bell. If you're using Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars, please. If for no other reason than you feel bad for me suffering through Vic. If you're using an Android, ATBs on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so that you never miss an episode. Keep up with all your favorite WWE podcasts in the podcast network by following at WWE podcast on all social media platforms. How many times can I say podcast in 30 seconds? I don't know, but we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol and more WWE after the bell.